This is The Guardian. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we start, this episode contains some strong language. It's the last episode of the year, so we're looking back at some of the chaotic pop culture moments that defined 2022. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. I just popped very quickly to Venice to spit on Chris Pine. Your money don't jiggle jiggle, it folds. I'd like to see you wiggle wiggle, for sure. Response to that. I perform for an audience of one and that's God. You're listening to Pop Culture with me, Shante Joseph, for The Guardian. What a year it has been for pop culture. We've had the best, worst Halloween costumes, Heidi Klum, I'm looking at you, cheating scandals galore, and Benefer gets engaged again and married twice. So in the last episode of 2022, I want to look back at some of the biggest events of the year with TV critic and broadcaster Scott Bryan and TV producer Yasmin Filgents. Yaz, Scott, how are we feeling today? Good. Tired. Mm-hmm. But good. <laughs> We're getting through to the end of the year. It feels like it. I'm, yeah, I'm on the last bit of battery, like I'm on the red. You need to put on low, low power mode. <laughs> That's every single one of my brain cells right yes. now. We're going to be talking about some of the most infamous pop culture moments of 2022. And this year has been a bit of a madness for pop culture. Like overall, I think there's a lot to choose from. So we've done quite well to whittle it down. We're going to start with... Will Smith slapping comedian Chris Rock at the Oscars back in March. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude. What a way to start the year. Because when I told you, I didn't even know that the Oscars were happening. I had no idea until I woke up the next morning. I was at my spin class. I was checking Twitter and I was like, excuse me, what the hell is going on here? So for anyone who missed that, I don't know where you are. Maybe you just simply went on this planet. But Chris Rock had made a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith looking like G.I. Jane because she basically had no hair. But it turns out she didn't have hair because she was suffering from alopecia and 
This obviously upset her. She looked visibly upset and Will saw this. And so he walked on the stage at the Oscars and smacked him plain across the face. Obviously, he was never just going to get away with that. So Will eventually ended up having to apologize. So I will I will say to you, uh, Chris, I apologize to you. But he later had to resign from the academy. Now, my personal feelings on this incident is 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 conflicted. You know, mm. I know violence is is not always the answer, and you know we shouldn't hit people. I mean, we should keep our hands to ourselves. But I think when I think about Chris Rock and his documentary, particularly about black hair and how he talks about alopecia and how he talks about weaves and stigma. It was like, you should have known better. This is more than just a hairstyle choice. This is because someone actually has like a deficiency. And I kind of liked this idea of like, damn, you know, black women can't be the butt of the joke anymore because you might just get smacked across <laughs> your face. But Yaz, do you remember watching that moment? Can you re- can you remember where you were and how you reacted to it? <laughs> I remember I woke up late. So norm- I think normally I'd probably get up at like half seven, eight o'clock. But I was like late. I think I had a day off work or something like that. Mm. And I just kind of like lift my head up. I, f- I think I did forget the Oscars were on again. I, my boyfriend just like looked at me and was like, check your phone. <laughs> He was like, check your phone right now. And I was like, what? It was insane. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, what's really interesting I found for me was that this was not shown on US TV because they had cut away um, just in time. So this was something that everyone picked up purely on social media because uh, it was televised in other markets. It was televised in Australia. And then that then got put onto Twitter. And then I think it racked up something like 50 million views on YouTube in within 24 hours. So that's what I find like Damn. the whole other dimension to it. Mm. And I think what we now know, but at the time we just didn't consider, was that there was a short period, wasn't there, where many people thought it was a stunt. Yeah, mm. yeah. And then it took a little while to realise, particularly when he was yelling back, yeah. um, that it really wasn't. Yeah. If you look at the consequences, I mean, he resigned from the Academy membership. He's been banned from Academy events for 10 years. Um, he did a interview with The Daily Show with Trevor Noah quite recently, promoting a new film called Emancipation, where he said, But at the end of the day, I just, I lost it, you know. And you just never know what somebody's going through. I guess the question is, even though he has removed himself from the Academy, what happens in the event where he's in a film that could be an Oscar contender? Mm. Does it mean that the film is excluded? Does it mean that he would not be... Um, up for best actor because of course if he's tied to a project where there's many other actors who deserve recognition are attached to it doesn't mean that they don't get recognition because of his actions i think we're kind of in unprecedented territory still and we'll only really find out in the next few years with the the award season is very much upon us again it never stops it never stops well because i think with emancipation it's it's apple tv plus it is yes and apparently like the test screenings are going really well (laughs) I mean, obviously it's television, so it'll be like Emmys or like SAG Awards and stuff like that. He'll be allowed to go to those if it does really well, but it just like no Oscars for Will (laughs) in the next decade. His person is lost at this point, boy. 
So we've established that the Will Smith slap was a wild moment, but one of the most bizarre moments of this year was the absolute chaos that happened during the press tour for the film Don't Worry Darling. So I don't know if you remember, but it kind of started when director Olivia Wilde was served divorce papers while on stage at CinemaCon. Gorgeous cars. This is for me right now. <laughs> very mysterious. I'm going to open it now because it feels like it's timely. Is this a script? Oh, okay. Got it. Thank you. And the tea was that Olivia Wilde was dating Harry Styles, who she cast as the lead male in the film. But before that, Shia LaBeouf was in the role and it wasn't clear whether he was fired or left. And in the middle of that, he then released this awkward recording of a video call with Olivia. You know, I think this might be a bit of a wake-up call for Miss Flo. And I want to know if you're open to giving this a shot with me, with us. If she really commits, if she really puts her her mind and heart into it at this point, and if you guys can make peace, and I respect your point of view, I respect hers, but if you guys can do it, what do you think? Is there hope? The person she's referring to there is Florence Pugh, who played the lead in the film. And in the early stages of production, Olivia Wilde loved talking about how amazing Florence was, but then rumours of their fallout kept dominating the media, and Olivia was forced to comment on it during the press tour. As for all the endless tabloid gossip and all the noise out there, I mean, the internet feeds itself. I don't feel the need to contribute. I think it's sufficiently well-nourished. Essentially, it was just like, the whole thing was a mess. I've never been interested in the behind the scenes of films. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, the film comes out, they take the nice pictures, they do a nice award thing, and we all move on with our lives. But I was committed to all of this and there's a lot to this story as I've kind of tried to explain but the biggest thing was the whole Spitgate incident like we all remember this Scott can you remind us what happened I mean what I loved about your description there is it felt like the opening um, (laughs) tune to Star Wars when there's the long (laughs) the long description going into the distance like it really felt that, that was brilliantly 10, done. 10,000 years yeah, ago. Yes. <laughs> but essentially, um, uh, it all came down to the, the premiere because there was this incident when Harry Styles was about to sit down after being kind of introduced to the room and he hovered above Chris Pine and it kind of looked for a second as if he kind of dropped something on him. And then many people started to pick up saying, well, actually, did he just spit on mm. Chris Pine? And this is the weird thing about it. There's been videos from various angles. Um, Sources close to Harry Styles said, uh, quote, this is not true. There is nothing but respect. Um, And then there's this other theory that said, no, what Harry was doing is pointing out that Pine's sunglasses, which he may have misplaced, were Mm. actually just like underneath his crotch. And then actually there was a little pause when Pine was noticing that his sunglasses were there. Mm. But what I find so interesting is that normally I find that social media helps clean things up Mm. because you see the footage. You're able to then have closure. I think it's a great way for people to do their own detective work. But this felt like it was the other way around. The more footage you saw, the more questions are raised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Frame by frame, it was getting bigger. (laughs) (laughs) It was the like blue blue and black or white and gold dress situation, basically, but with video. I've never seen so many of the same TikTok so many times like just yeah just pausing going back people doing frame by frame is it like tracking it from his mouth because they're like yeah but his mouth opens what would he keep could he be saying if he was having a conversation yeah it yeah. would have been more and then like if you know if if someone's 
pointed out something on your lap, you don't just kind of sit there for ages. I mean, I don't know. Was there even a conclusion? I can't remember. I mean, I feel like we didn't get to the bottom of it. It was just kind of like universally accepted that he just didn't spit mm. because people were just like, this would be a crazy thing. But the internet runs wild with conspiracy theories all the time. So I kind of feel like it doesn't even matter if it's covered up. People are going to believe what they want to believe. And like at the end of the day, I mean, they made sure that everyone knew that Don't Worry Darling was in theatres. For real? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Did either of you watch the film? You no, know, I didn't. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming it did well, but who, who knows? Who Have knows? you seen it, Scott? I mean, I saw most of it via TikTok, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Just the various theories along that and Chris Pine. But yeah, imagine if the drama was better than the actual movie. Do you know what? Yeah, it's mad because I watched the film and I thought it was quite, it was all right. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't as... The drama definitely eclipsed the film. Mm. I don't know if it eclipsed the film, but it, it probably just gave the film more of a boost. And what, what did you think of Harry Styles' acting? Terrible. Really? Terrible. It was just like watching an orange try to cry. <laughs> like, I've actually seen like cats act better when they are hungry than I saw on this actual movie set. It was a ringing just, endorsement for the film. Yeah, yeah. I don't really like to get involved in white people business, but... I was right there in the middle of Don't Worry Darling and everything that was going on there. So next up, Yaz, you have the Little Mermaid trailer as one of your top pop culture moments of the year. The sort of live action, live action version of The Little Mermaid. The trailer came out in September. It feels like it's been like a year since Halle was announced as being playing Ariel, um, and there was a, a few bits of like rumblings, like she doesn't look like Ariel, like she doesn't have red hair, she's not white, obviously. But it was just everyone's just kind of reserving their judgment until they actually saw something. And obviously, mm. the trailer was le- released in September, millions of views. The backlash was crazy. Mm. I just couldn't believe that. A moment of such joy for so many people from different age groups as well. Because, um, you know, it was incredible seeing loads of like young little black girls just sort of like watching it and crying mm. and like, you know, might not even understand the nuances of so many other things, but they just understood that this Disney princess looks like them and it mm. meant so much to them, so much to, so much to me. I would scroll through the timeline and see like, a you know, beautiful videos like that of little girls watching it. And then you'd see an article or a tweet about people being racist and yeah. saying horrible things and saying that that's not factually accurate or <laughs> historically accurate. It's like, it's a mermaid, babe. The dislike button is on YouTube. I think it got, yeah. it got like the most dislikes of a video. I think it got more dislikes than the views or something like that. That was crazy. And it's just like people are really going above and beyond to hate this film. Mm. The, not even the film, the trailer. We haven't even seen the film yet. Listen, We've seen two, three minutes of it. And it's so beautiful, uh, the teaser we saw. that I thought that was just kind of such a polarizing moment of the year of yeah. just sort of like something that brought so much happiness and joy and just such like disgust and hatred from another community and it's grown men as well like you're <laughs> actually 67 years <laughs> old barry and also like if we're being real like if mermaids actually existed and they were swimming in the water do you know how butters they would look because they have to adapt <laughs> to their surroundings it always reminds me of like you know when when someone released a picture of what an angel would actually be like and it had like ten thousand eyes and it has mm. the wings yeah like that's literally how I imagine like what a real mermaid yeah. would look like. And it's like, 
like just the chaos was mad. And I also remember this happening at the same time as um, Rings of Power, mm. where they had like black elves in Rings of Power and people were really popping off so much so that the cast of the original Lords of the Rings had to come out and be like, you know, we stand with the black actors that are in Rings of Power. Like they shouldn't be, you know, receiving this much hatred. And it's just, I always find it so weird where people like cling on so much to like their old ideas of what a film or a show should be. What you said about like, you know, the fact that it is like a 16 year 67-year-old man, <laughs> Barry. But it's like, it's, this is a kid's film. Yeah. And like grown men or and women, you know, but grown adults are so outraged by something that like is not going to affect them. They they also don't have to go see the movie. Mm. It's not, and But it, it just stems down because obviously, especially if, if a book, I think the danger is if a book is adapted into like um, live action, like a movie mm. or a stage show where their characters are brought to life and people cannot... They, when you're reading, you know, you're reading the words on the page, you're obviously crafting an image of who you think that character looks like, how they mm. dress, what they're eating. And you build the whole world in your mind. Mm. And if it doesn't fit what you think you that person looks like, you can't be outraged. Yeah, there may be some disappointment, but yeah. you cannot be outraged. And there's a human being behind that. Per- exactly. like, you're, you're angry that an actor, an actor is playing a character that you love, but and you're going to direct... The hate to them. Hate to them. They're not even the the director. They're not even the casting no. director. Yeah, like, drag that casting director. <laughs> and people just so easy and often forget that there is human beings behind whatever they're posting, which is obviously an issue that mm. you know I tell us all the time. But um, oh, is that a Disney quote? Probably. It is. Yes. yes. <laughs> it took me a few seconds. It took me a few seconds just to check. <laughs> Let's take a hot sec, and in a minute, we'll be back with more of the year's biggest moments. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. Welcome back, guys. Okay, next up. I feel like this story has dominated this year, but has also dominated previous years. And it is the downfall of Kanye West. It just feels like Kanye West has been falling down for a long time. I keep picturing that image that people always tweet of like Jason Derulo falling down the stairs at the Oscars, but it's not Jason Derulo. It's just some (laughs) random person. But that is what I picture in my mind when I think about Kanye West's fall from grace because he's been falling like he's been falling and I guess the bulk of this story starts in October at the start of October when at a special event at Paris Fashion Week he wore and got models to wear White Lives Matter t-shirts and he sent these black models down the runway and them too and then the show began with a rambling speech 
And then he was banned from both Instagram and Twitter for anti-Semitic comments and hate speech. And then he was interviewed by Fox News, you know, about these comments. Uh, it just represents life and pro-life. 50% of black death in America is abortion. It ended up causing more hate speech. And then at the end of October, let me tell you, this was a busy Black <laughs> History Month for him. At the end of October, he lost his billion dollar Adidas deal because of his anti-Semitic comments and his like inability to walk back from them and just not wanting to walk back from them at all. And I just feel like Kanye is such an interesting sort of character because it's like, I think about his trajectory from him being like, you know, George Bush doesn't care about black people to him being like, white lives matter. I love Trump. Slavery sounds like a choice to me. His evolution has been insane. And sometimes I'm like, has he always been this loopy, but now he's like loopy with a uh, dangerous rhetoric. So like people are taking more note of it. Like, how do we feel about Kanye? I saw you as. Before we even get into the drama of everything, I think it's really important to, uh, the, my main thing to always like think about when thinking about Kanye is that he's obviously going through something. Mm. He has huge mental health issues that aren't necessarily being addressed. I feel like he actually publicly said that he's not taking his medication, mm. which is often quite dangerous um, for him and other people around him. And, you know, he might not necessarily have the support that someone in his position needs. Whenever something happens, I'm always kind of like, you know, trying trying to sprinkle as much pinches mm. of salt on it as possible. But there's only so much salt you can get through before it's like, this person is a danger yes. to society. He shouldn't be allowed to have a platform and to be about and hate that he is. I mean, his whole the whole drama of him started like long before October, I think, since the divorce with yeah. Kim and like when she was with Pete and he was harassing her. You know, Pete had to step in, didn't say the right thing. And it was just kind of, it was literally that slow fall of Kanye and it it was like a personal thing. Then it became political. Then it became racist and anti-Semitic and it, was, it just it spiraled. I think he's become a, a dangerous person to listen to. Yeah. What lies in the future for Kanye now? Because, you know, none of these fashion houses want to work with him. I, I don't know if his music will do particularly well after this whole scandal. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, where did celebrities go when they are just completely like disgraced it is so hard to predict anything in pop culture mm. as we've seen from discussing this year's year of pop culture but i sort of see it's 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 hard because it's hard to predict because of though you can say that the big brands have stepped away that he's likely to sell less records now that people would like to be less associated with him i guess because of the internet it's about well he could appear on an alt-right mm. podcast and have visibility from from those things i think if this had happened like 20 years ago just the fact that the internet wouldn't have been so involved in our society means that those outlets where Kanye would be able to have and share his views be far fewer than where they are i think now yeah definitely so um, we've never seen someone, I think, go into such a spin in such mm, a short yeah. space of time. We said it was hourly. Like, it was, literally, he was whipping up his own storm. Yeah. Because people, like, you know, people complain about cancel culture all the time. But a lot of people do recover from it. Yeah, they and do. And I feel like cancel culture lasts two minutes. My cousin put on the on our WhatsApp group the other day, like, I've got priority tickets to Chris Brown. And my two of my cousins was like, yeah, get one for me. And I was like, mm, sorry? 
Oh uh, yeah, I was just, I just I still can't get over that. Chris mm. Brown still does so well in society and just people love him and it's like a new generation like it's like but then people equally just like love Rihanna and they're posting all the videos yeah. of her baby and stuff like that. And it's like she's a survivor of Chris Brown. Yeah. He's more famous now than he was before that assault. You know, it's it's, it's just long, longevity. It's like how long can you kind of like just keep like t- you know teetering on the side and just stay relevant, and then once enough time's gone, maybe you can still push come through. back. Yeah, because even looking at, I was going through the some of the comments on like Kanye's post. People are still supporting him, um, but he's got ride or die fans. And if he releases music, the thing is as well, you might not support him, but if he releases music, it will yeah, go. People are going to listen. People are going to listen because they want to hear what, they got, what he's got to say. Mm. I'm over him being a story all the time. And I think I've just like made my peace with like, yep, he's not in the right headspace. I don't know what it is that he is doing. I know I don't agree with him. I know I can't support him, but I also know that he it's like if he wanted the help, it's there for him, but mm. he doesn't want it. So like I'm trying to ignore his rampage as mm. much as I can because I'm just like, I've reached the end of my tether. This year has also been a really interesting year for pop culture and politics. And Scott, this was the year of possibly the worst prime minister we've <laughs> ever had, Liz Truss. Can you tell us about Liz Truss? The lettuce. The second shortest prime minister, because only the, the shortest died, prime minister yeah, died, yeah. Over a course of about five weeks as well. And if you think about it, one of those weeks were involved in the morning of the Queen. Mm. So you couldn't put any governmental policy through anyway. But after the um, the new policies caused by the mini budget plunged the economy into turmoil. Uh, the Economist newspaper published a story that was basically saying that she's not got that, uh, she's not got long left in office. They said that she has got, quote, the shelf life of a lettuce. So the Daily Star thought, <laughs> sure, let's give it a try. So they got a live stream set up of a lettuce, which, which they attached some googly eyes on with, <laughs> and next to a framed photo of Liz Truss. Now, what was, I think, interesting is that if we look back at that time, Yes, she was certainly going to possibly have a leadership bid against her or maybe not that long in office, but it wasn't a done deal that she was going. Mm. There still had some element of unpredictability about it. And it was one of those moments, those viral moments that that takes a life of its own. Mm. Because when the Home Secretary, um, Suella Braverman, then quit, like they then reacted, the video reacted by putting some tofu next to the lettuce in <laughs> reference to the time she referred to um, the sort of the Guardian reading tofu eating wokarati. So <laughs> yeah, that should be my new Twitter well, you know. <laughs> Truly. And then I think it was um, when the House of Commons then went, I think the next night plunged into chaos over a, a possible vote against her. Um, they then had somebody voice for lettuce. And I was just like scrolling through the internet and then I sort of found a new video <laughs> and they had somebody voice the lettuce saying, quote, lettuce prevail. <laughs> so it just became more and more weird. And then on the Friday, she then, um, not the lettuce, um, Liz Truss, <laughs> then came out and said, I am resigning. And then within minutes went straight to the live stream and they put disco lights above the, <laughs> the lettuce they poured the lettuce a little bit of champagne. And then I think like the New York Times wrote a piece about it explaining how long a lettuce can stay outside the fridge. And I was just thinking to myself, this is one of the most bonkers stories of the entire year. I literally, that was so funny to me because I 
Sometimes you think that the British press cannot get more ridiculous and they will just continue to outdo themselves. Like, I just remember seeing that whole thing unfold and then seeing the way it was picked up on, like, American outlets mm-hmm. as well because the, the letters also had a segment on, like, Trevor Noah's uh, programme as yeah, well. At first, people were like, ha-ha, I bet she can't last longer than a head of lettuce. And then by the end of it, they were like, should the lettuce be prime minister? And I was thinking, this lettuce, like, if she was an Instagram influencer, <laughs> she would be eating right now. Like, she would absolutely be eating. But also, like, really funny to, I think, people here. But it is the case that, like, any Americans watching or people around the world, they're going like, what is going (laughs) on in your country? Like, what is this? It it felt so British. Mm. That's what I loved about it. It was just sort of like, you know, people, like, people, especially, they'll say, oh, British sense of humour, Americans don't get it. Yeah. (laughs) They will be, when people say that in the future, they will be using lettuce strass. (laughs) Because it's, you know, it's just so... Silly. And that was what we could kind of conjure up to just kind of get us through it. And it was a, you know, 45 day old lettuce. Literally. <laughs> I just feel like it's been really interesting. I feel like the world of politics and pop culture, like, have just really been happening this year. And I think a lot about Matt Hancock and I'm a Celebrity oh. and that moment as well, where those two worlds just like completely crossed over. Because it's not unusual to have. I guess politicians, not necessarily serving politicians, but politicians on like TV shows and like on reality shows and stuff like that. These things like they do happen, but like there was something about him being who he was, the scandal that followed him and then being in the jungle and then coming close to winning because I think he came like third. He came third. But I think that there's something that I find deeply unsettling about trying to use the entertainment industry as a rehabilitation exercise Mm. and then trying to hope also that just because you've done sort of 15 seconds or something that some people would be considered funny Mm. um it would be able to overlook lots of political harm that you may have caused over your own time Mm. and then there's also you know that's before you even get into the whole thing about um representing constituents as an mp still or um the covid inquiry or the fact that you're saying you're going on uh, the show to talk about dyslexia but you're not really talking yeah. about dyslexia right. at all talk about Ed Sheeran but you you say that about like you know like it, it's ridiculous that people can think that they can get some sort of like retribution from going on these shows but it worked mm. it worked for Matt Hancock I didn't watch I'm a Celebrity didn't have, I wasn't in to watch it and then I just kind of checked in and I was like oh how, how's Matt Hancock doing and then my mum was like he's still in it and then all of a sudden he's doing Celebrity Cyclone and he comes for he beat the rugby player what's Celebrity Cyclone? It's the final. It's the final um, task they do, where oh. it's like the big water slide, and they've got to try and get the sli- um, the stars on the stars, and right. they're being pelted. Yes. The crew are pelting you with like big inflatable balls and like hoses. What weird so- show? Weird <laughs> show. Bloody love it. Uh, but you know, I know f- quite a few people who work on it, and I know they were on the hoses like. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Just our friend rocks yeah. and bricks. Yeah, yeah. Other contestants completely unscathed, <laughs> yeah. going what? Who's to say that other other MPs, other people can't do the same again? They probably will after seeing how like good it was for him. Like, obviously, he came out, released his book like shortly after he left the jungle. <sighs> anyway, I'm sick and tired of these politicians. Go and do your job. <laughs> yeah. Do your damn job. Oh, my God. <laughs> 2022 was the year of the rat getting caught on the highway. Because 2022 was the year of cheaters. And there are three big cheating scandals that I ha- that happened this year. To be fair, there are more, but these are the three that really stuck out to me. The first one was Adam Levine. 
Adam Levine, like we live in the era of screenshots. So why would you play with yourself like this, right? So Adam Levine was the lead singer or is the lead singer of Maroon 5. Obviously, I don't know a lot about this band. They're not particularly my vibe. I know they have like one song with Rihanna that was really cute. But the T is he was outed as a cheater after the model Sumner Stroh revealed on TikTok that he that she was having a year-long affair with him, basically. And he would text her all these really weird things. And the entire, more than it felt inappropriate, it was just awkward to watch because this man used to post his wife online all the time being like, oh, you know, look at my hot supermodel wife. She's amazing. I love her. I love my wife. But then was asking this 21-year-old model if he could name his unborn child after her. Do you see what I mean when I say this entire scenario is mad? <laughs> that was the bit that really got me. It's more than like being a rat, being low down mm. and dirty. It's weird. He denied the affair, but he confessed to sending those really weird flirtatious DMs to the women. And it, that ended up becoming like a huge meme. And it's because he flirts just how you would imagine a 43-year-old washed-up singer would flow over a 21-year-old model. You imagine it, that's exactly that's it. what it looked like. The second big incident that happened this year, the Try Guys. Ned Fulmer is no longer working with the Try Guys. By now, we're assuming you've seen the Reddit threads and TikToks and tweets and news articles. Are you are you both familiar with the Try Guys? Were you well, I am an ex-BuzzFeed employee. Oh, Da, 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 da. I really, I really thought you knew this already before I came into the room. <laughs> yeah, I think I did actually. It was a large media organisation. So, do you want to talk about the Try Guys? No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, do you I mean, talk about the Try Guys. Does my agreement when I left the organisation say <laughs> so I can? I'm not so sure. Um, well, like, so, so there's this Try Guys where it's like four guys who all attempted different challenges and they went really popular. They then left BuzzFeed, carried it on independently. And then it ended up that Ned Fulmer, who's one of the four um, uh, guys, had, uh, quote, a, a, quote, consensual <laughs> workplace relationship oh, uh, with an employee. And that was, um, there had been al um, allegations and photos that had then leaked and then have fueled cheating rumours. Mm. I think the reason why this had kind of resonated so much and became such a big scandal was not just because it was uh, you know, a well-known person cheating, but it was also because Ned Fulmer's entire image publicly was, I love my wife. Like really, in the same kind of case with Adam Levine, like mm. going out of the way to not, not just like, you know, we are all romantic with our boyfriends, girlfriends and so forth about how we feel about them. But then just being overly laying that on whilst also doing the dirty. It just like, feels... Like Tom Cruise on Oprah's Couch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it just feels like, why? It's, just, it's a weird, mm. weird sensibility about Isn't this. Is it like over, overcompensating? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. also making it part of your brand, making it part of your identity about how much you love mm -hmm. your partner whilst actually doing the absolute worst thing. It's just like, how do you trust someone after that? Like, it's just insane that they would make it their entire personal brand and then be cheating on them and then have the audacity to, you know, be shocked or be sorry when everyone finds out about it. After uh, he left, they still had some videos with him in and they're like, well, what do we do? Like, he's so much a part of these videos, do we continue them? So what they did is they edited him uh, they edited him out and replaced him in one of the videos as a giant elephant, <laughs> as a metaphor oh, for the elephant in the room. <laughs> and then still had the elephant do all of the challenges and such and such. And it's like, 
poorly CGI'd in <laughs> as well. And it's crude. And I thought, well, it's a good way to use the material you've already got, I guess. I used to love the Try Guys. And then just suddenly stuff was popping up. And I was like, oh, it's probably just like, I don't know, the video. I didn't really pay much attention to it. But like reading up, I hear that like, obviously, because it was a producer on the show. So someone that they all kind of knew. And with the, I think she was all on all the images on when they were doing like the, not press tour, but like they were promoting this big video. And all of a sudden they were like, why are they not in the final edit? Mm. Yes, it was so, picked up by the fans. fans. Fans were like being like putting two and two together and getting four. <laughs> like they were really getting it. And then um, I think the I think his wife is on a podcast as well and mm. she didn't appear on like an episode. So people were like, oh, where's he? Where's she? What's going on? But it's like the, the opposite of Don't Worry Darling because mm. I'm of the belief with the Don't Worry Darling thing that, you know, Harry didn't spit. And then that ended up being something that ended up becoming this huge story that people ran away with and it ended up not being really true, generally. But with this, it was like one of the times in which the fans really pick up on something, run away with it, and it ends up being <laughs> right. Sense. It's like, what? God damn it, they got it right. Because <laughs> when, when I saw the statement come out saying, you know, he's no longer part of the group, I was like, oh my God. This so he's is like actually... left now. Yeah, it's yeah. Left. But it's so interesting how cheating is now treated. Like, and I think it's, yes, it's like a, a moral failure, but I was reading a piece and I think it was in BuzzFeed about like, like the COVID pandemic and like the rules around that and rule breaking and how we all started to moralize each other a lot more and mm. become a lot more judgy of each other. And we're kind of seeing that same sort of like behaviors those rule-breaking behaviors and the backlash to it now kind of transfer into life outside of covid restrictions and like moralizing people's behavior and being like oh my god this is like even though this is a scandalous thing to do anyway i feel like celebrities would always be cheating on their wives left right and center and people would just be like well any day that ends in a y i guess it is do you know what i mean (laughs) but it's like so different now and like like this year for me felt like the year of cheating because it was the year where people were like really, really disappointed. Yeah. And I, yeah, I remember when the scandal of Nia Long and um, Ime Oduka came out because he had cheated on Nia Long with someone else that worked on his team. And like, that was a huge thing. And, you know, the team came out being really angry at him. And it's like, and maybe it's because she's Nia Long and she is like, you know, the OG baddie, like the 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 it girl of the, of the black girls. Wild. Listen, and so for her to get cheated on like that, so brazenly, like was just insane. And you could see people getting so angry about it. So it's just like cheating this year was she was outrageous. Like yeah. I, yeah, I, I definitely feel like men should be more afraid now. Good. Well, I saw you put you share that thing of like twenty twenty two of the year men flopped. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> True. Everyone it's was true. like, yeah. men been flopping. And I was yeah. like, no, but 2022 was a special year because yeah. they they flopped to the power of two. Like yeah. this was a different <laughs> flop. Like, damn. Yeah. Flop it's, squared. It's flop squared. I guess that kind of brings us to the end of the our top moments of the year when it comes to pop culture. But I want to know if either of you have any special moments you want to shout out, like best kind of viral moments you can remember, favorite shows, any other little bits of pop culture that really stole the show for you this year? I mean, mine is like surreal moments. Mm. So like when Joe Lysett said he was, quote, very right wing on Laura Koonsberg's new show to Liz Truss. And then, of course, Liz Truss then went in (laughs) 
all of that weirdness. Um, and then there's like those little moments like when Hugh Edwards admitted on TV during the BBC local election coverage that he had eaten a little bit of croissant. And, <laughs> and that became a thing. It's like those little moments I think I love about um, TV news, but also just... British that that sums up Britain like there was that um BBC newsreader Sean Lay who wouldn't stop sneezing and then people were then making montages of him sneezing over at the last three years worth of news footage and it makes me wonder people have way too much time too in much their hands time. No. Yeah. Well, I was gonna you mentioned Joe Lassie the shredding of the 10,000 pounds mm. like it, it was it was wild because it, it I didn't believe that he was gonna do it yeah but there was still that moment where it was like Oh, God, he's actually done it. But it was 24 hours as well before mm. he did the um, reveal mm. that the money put into the shredder hadn't been shredded. And I think taking that risk because you're putting something to... Because he wanted the people to talk about David Beckham and, and his involvement with um, uh, the World Cup. But you're sort of, sort of thinking that you are at the behest of public opinion. Mm. And even if you can predict that there's going to be a bit of a backlash, but then you come back and say, look, here's the video cleaning up everything up. You don't know where public opinion's going to lie. And I'm not sure. I, from just being online at that time, I didn't hear half as many people talking about David Beckham and him not he shouldn't be in Qatar did it. whereas people would be like there's a cost of living crisis mm. how dare he did it? Um, be shredding this money that he should be donating that to LGBTQI charity all of this stuff and I was kind of like has it has it kind of gone the other way for him and people mm. were just like more concerned with the shredding of the money than the 10 million a mm. year or whatever that David Beckham is actually getting for being for you know just like promoting Qatar yeah. and the World Cup so yeah I, do, yeah I don't know if I think it did backlash a bit but then you know you find out that it's actually all for a Channel 4 show so I think yeah, it's done exactly. alright it worked out in the end yeah. 2023 honestly I I cannot even predict what's going to happen but listen we're going to be right here on this podcast giving you the tea on it all (laughs) guys you have actually been amazing this year was crazy next year I'm ready for what comes next (laughs) actually I'm not ready I lied (laughs) I don't want to go into it Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. And if you did, then please subscribe and leave me a review. This week's episode was produced by Hattie Moya, sound design by Mal Seto, original music by Axel Coutier, and the executive producer is Maz Ebtaj. See you next year, aka next week, for the final episode of the series. This is The Guardian.